Hey beautiful, I am so happy that you are here. My name's Courtney. I'm a wife, a toddler mom, and a 30-something year old Ohio girl just trying to find my thing. In this podcast, it's all about transparency with ourselves and each other. If you hang with me, we are going to build a community where self-care isn't selfish. Talking about anxiety and depression is as easy as asking about your favorite color. And we're going to try every damn day to be the best version of ourselves. So if you're ready to chase your own dreams, even after chasing around a little one, then you're in the right place. This is Chasing Courage. Scrolling on social media, drinking alcohol, food, shopping, over planning or scheduling, napping, caffeine, exercise, sex, and even self-help. These are the more commonly used coping mechanisms. And that's what I want to talk with you guys about today. Hey guys, this is Courtney, the host of Chasing Courage. I'm so happy that you're here today. And I am, I'm kind of excited to talk about this topic. I know it's uh, maybe a little difficult to hear or get called out on, but we all have negative coping mechanisms. Now there's a difference, it's important to know, between a numbing mechanism um, and comfort, right? Like there's certain things that we do for comfort or, I mean, self-care really. And those things are, acceptable. When when the mechanism leads to something positive, um, that would be more so comfort. Whereas a numbing mechanism is going to be something that is not productive, hurts yourself or somebody else, or is unhealthy. For me, of those that I just listed at the beginning of the episode, my kind of, I guess I'll say my top five, um, and there are no particular order, but things that I do to numb, which that sounds like such a negative word, but it's true. Like if I'm feeling a feeling I don't want to feel, I want to do these particular things that I'm going to tell you here in a second um, to, to not feel or to escape. Uh, escapes is another great word for a numbing mechanism. So for me, it is food, um, either binge eating or eating like unhealthy foods, um, drinking alcohol and over planning. I'm type A, type A personality and I love schedules. I love being organized. I love having a plan, but um, doing it excessively is only stressful for myself and annoying for everybody else. And napping also. So I'll use sleep as an escape and self-help, which it's crazy that you that you would say self-help or personal development, listening to a podcast such as this, reading personal development books, that those type of things can be considered a negative coping mechanism. They can also be used as comfort, right? The positive uh, or the opposite, but it's it's how you use it and when you use it that determines what category it's gonna fall into, whether that be an, um, a negative coping technique or uh, just something that brings you comfort and joy. I think that one of the most important things to recognize um, when you're associating what your negative coping mechanisms are is you can't help what you feel, right? Like feelings are there to tell us something and you can't help what you feel. But what you can do is make a choice about how you're going to respond to that feeling. 
what are you going to do because you feel that feeling? You had a really stressful day at work, and so you're going to stop and, I don't know, get a, a six pack of something on the way home. Or you are just over the moon exhausted and can't handle another toddler tantrum. And so you are just scrolling on social media hours after you should be sleeping to rest up, right? I mean, those would be negative choices that you make based on the feelings that you feel. Some positive examples of choices that you could make based on feelings are, you know what, I had a really crazy stressful day at work. So when I get home, I'm going to take a walk around the block. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to get some fresh air. We're going to take a walk around the block before we, you know, dive into the evening routine. Or another positive thing could be, man, I just, <laughs> I just can't deal with my children. <laughs> they are driving me up the wall. I am going to ask um, my partner if he will just spend 20 to 30 uninterrupted minutes with them and mommy's gonna go read one of her favorite books, okay? So I hope that that gives you guys an example. And I also wanted to bring up that April, um, and this episode will be released on April 28th. April is Alcohol Awareness Month. And I think that the reason why I'm saying that is because I have acknowledged in the past couple months that I have been using alcohol as one of my coping mechanisms and escape when um, I'm frustrated with my son, I'm overwhelmed at work, or just kind of like feel like crap about myself physically, frankly. So I will turn to drinking. And it's not like I'm drinking excessively. This is literally just like, oh, I've had a hard day or I feel crappy about myself, so I'm gonna have a drink. Um, But what I what I noticed was happening was that the um, frequency of that was getting to be a little a little more than it should be, um, just for my own comfort level. So I decided that particularly, like with the fact that April is Alcohol Awareness Month, I decided to track in my phone when I drink in April. Now, I think it's important that originally at the beginning of the month, I was like, I am gonna do like no alcohol April. The thing with me though, again, something else I am learning about myself is I don't do well with restriction. If you tell me I can't have anything, period, it makes me want to have it or do it more. So I told myself, okay, no, I'm just gonna be more mindful about when I'm stressed or sad or feel poopy. Just take note of that and see if there's something else that I could or should do before I go grab a drink. And so I'm using this app. Um, I'll put this in the show notes for you guys. The app is called Productive, and you can track any type of like habit. So you can track how much water you drink, um, when you exercise, how often you read, like literally any type of habit or routine that you can think of, you can customize and put this in there. So I decided to track the days that I drank, or more importantly, the days that I didn't drink. So I put no alcohol, and then every day I can check mark it if I had no alcohol. If I had alcohol, then I just don't mark it as complete. And I'm proud of myself because today as I'm recording it is the 26th of April, and I have went without alcohol 17 of the past 26 days. And again, this isn't me coming to you from a place of, um, you know, somebody who's struggling with alcoholism. Granted, 
one of the reasons that it did scare me when I realized that the last couple months I've been kind of turning to that too, to numb out or to escape reality was you all know if you've listened to um, my first my first few episodes that drug and alcohol addiction is in my family. So I don't want to mess with that. I think that, you know, and maybe it's maybe this is something that you do track once you decide what your uh numbing mechanism your negative numbing mechanism is once you've decided what that thing is keep track I mean it can literally just be on a piece of paper or in an app um, but keep track of the of the number of days that you either do or don't do it depending on how positive or negative the um, the mechanism is so I think that I heard this quote from um, Corinne Crabtree she's a weight loss and wellness coach in I just discovered her a couple months ago when I was listening to the Talking Body podcast that Amy Porterfield did. Again, I will link this in the show notes. Um, But she did an interview with Corinne, and Corinne is Amy Porterfield's um, like weight loss or wellness coach. And she said in the interview that they did together, the more we love ourselves, the less we will use food to cope with our lives. Now, they specifically were talking about food and overeating and binge eating, but I wrote that quote down and I highlighted food and you can literally put whatever it is that your negative thing that you go to is in there. For example, the more we love ourselves, the less we will use shopping to cope with our lives. If you have a problem with shopping or spending money, the more that we love ourselves, the less we will use scrolling on social media to cope with our lives. So I just really love that. So take that quote and I, I seriously encourage you, write it down and wherever where food is, where it says, we'll use food to cope, insert your thing there or things. Um, and I think it's just a great reminder. The, the last thing that I want to just kind of leave you guys with is obviously the first thing that I want you to do is take inventory of what your uh, negative numbing mechanisms are. What are the negative ways that you cope with life or stress or uh, anger, et cetera, and write those things down. And, you know, maybe maybe you have literally there's just one. You're like, yep, my my go to is alcohol. Or maybe you have, you know, three or four that you just do a little bit, but you know that they're all kind of not benefiting anybody um, when you do them. So I encourage you write these down. And then what I want you to do for each of them would be write something that is a healthy coping mechanism, okay? Or if you like to think of it as a, what are my three positive escapes, right? Like when I need to escape or get away, you know, and mentally, not even physically necessarily. Some of those would be, now see the, the napping, how I mentioned napping or sleep, that's one of those things that depending on how you use it and when you use it. This can be a positive thing. If you are so overwhelmed that you have all of these things to do and so you just shut down and you do nothing and you decide to go take a nap, that is not a healthy way to deal with your feeling of overwhelm. I am guilty of this. I am working on that, but I am guilty of it. So napping can be one of those things where it's negative, like in that that example, or it can be something that's positive. For example, Say you have a problem with scrolling on social media late at night after the kids have gone to bed. In that sense, sleep is what you want to do. 
you want to sleep, you need the sleep. You need that extra one to two hours of sleep versus scrolling, right? So think of the things that you're doing, write them down, and then in the other column, list healthy coping mechanisms. Um, A couple examples of other helping other healthy coping mechanisms, oh, that is a mouthful, would be to go on a walk, take a bubble bath. For me, one of mine is cleaning. I know that might sound crazy, (laughs) but I feel a sense of accomplishment. I feel a sense of calm when I am able to clean on my own terms. So sometimes, uh, say for example, me and my husband got in an argument. Truly one of the best things and healthiest things for me to do is step away from the situation, go downstairs and maybe clean the kitchen. (laughs) Or now also for me, another funny thing that I wanna point out when I say go on a walk, if you have a child, and depending on the age of your child, that is very well behaved on walks or they're so small that they can't do anything, like they just have to um, be in the, the car seat attachment on the stroller, in that sense, you know, take the walk with your child because then, at least as a mom, um, if you're anything like me, you won't feel guilty that, oh, well, I was just away at work or just away doing X, Y, and Z, and now I want to go on a walk by myself. Um, so if you need to, you know, take take your child with you, and that will be a relaxing experience. You're spending quality time with them, but you're also giving yourself the break that you need. Now, I would love to take a walk to unwind or decompress. However, taking a walk with my son does the opposite. Um, My son is in this very like independent stage and he doesn't want to stay in the stroller or the wagon or on the little bike that we can push. Like no matter what it is that we try to put him in or on, um, he doesn't want to do it. So if I'm going to go on a walk to decompress, I got to do it alone. So sorry for that little tangent there, but I think that giving that example is important because what is positive for someone might not be the same positive outcome for someone else. You know, for the most part, there's some things like drinking alcohol or gambling, like, you know, anything like that where it it can evolve into real a real beast or an addiction, something like that. I mean, that's going to be categorized as negative across the board. Um, and then the other things that can be positive depending on your personal like relationship with them. Me and self-help, sometimes I just truly need to be quiet, be still, and not listen to a podcast or read a personal development book. And then there's other times where that's exactly the pick-me-up that I need. So just kind of chew on that a little bit. And I would love to hear um, what your negative uh, numbing mechanisms are and um, any of the positive uh, coping mechanisms that you're going to replace them with. Or if you need some ideas, say, hey, this is what my negative coping mechanism is. Um, what do you think would be like an easy, good replacement for it? I would love to like noodle on that and we can chat about that in the Instagram DMs. So I know this was a quick one today. I, I just wanted to give you some, you know, quick little homework that you can do to figure out what yours are and get better from there. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for checking out the Chasing Courage podcast. If you vibed with this episode in any way, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, a fellow mama who might really need to hear this message today, or share it on your social media. If you have any feedback, takeaways, or questions, slide into my DMs on Instagram. I make a point to respond to each and every message. I'll be back next week, same time, same place. But until then... 
Think about it. What will you chase today?